The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. This is another monkey piloted rocket trip to the moon. I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Brian! 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 Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father, but my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Brothers? And you know, I, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Right! Right! My name is Frank. Okay, you're gonna need an aspirin or something after this is over. It'll sound like one of them. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
There's no room for excuses. <laughs> There's no room for explanations or any analysis. My name is Frank. I tell old man his name is doing some title of the show. You don't like it, go somewhere else. <laughs> but you will. I, I give it a chance if you never heard it before. Then after 10 or 20 minutes, if you get that far, they turn it off. Hey, this is a new era. You can listen and not listen. You can listen when you want to listen or anything. So there. Two ice cap from Hamlet to City from Othello. What is wrong with this? It's a mouse. You click it, it's supposed to stop. It, and, you know, it does like once every six or seven times, it doesn't work. Why? It's a brand new battery, it's a brand new mouse, it's a brand new wireless thing. Can you trust anything these days? Can you? Yes, plenty. Plenty of things you can trust. But just like it was back then, when maybe before you were born, it's the same way now. My name is Frank Cotolo, man whose name adorns the title of the show, who sits on his wife. I am disjointed and, oh, come on, days, Six, the 60 feet of, of wire, okay, for these headphones. And twice, I have to put the chair on top of, jeez. Yeah, I'm here, and I'm not disjointed. Yes, I am. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, and I'm not disjointed. If I was disjointed, it would be a whole different mood, but it's not that mood. It's this mood, and I am here to, <laughs> with, no, I got notes. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, I decided to take notes, and I do this a lot. Because uh, during the day I go, well, you know, I don't necessarily have a specific thing to talk about. And even if I do, I take notes on the specific thing, see where it goes from there, and then take it away. But I, I, uh, I didn't, it was, kind of, it was just up in the air, this show. What is it going to be? Where is it going to go? And yet, I had some ideas, and those ideas, as usual, lead to other ideas. Just as when I start on a topic and start digging rabbit holes everywhere. And you know, why they rabbit holes? You know, I got I my rabbits, my rabbits, my rabbits lie over the ocean. I don't have rabbits. My rabbits, no, my creatures, my uh, what do I want to call them? Critters, the critters in my territory, territory that I own. I have legal papers that say I own the land that I walk upon. <laughs> and, okay, it's the bank. I know it really is. That's your land, Frank. It's in your name. Yeah, great. Well, the bank's ready to take it away if 
I don't pay them. Listen, the critters I have are go are not gophers. They're groundhogs. I want you to listen to that name, a title for a creature. When you say rabbit, what do you, I'm, well, I'll listen to it. You say rabbit, what does a rabbit do? It's not a word like a verb. I rabbitized my uh, sink the other day. No, there's no, a rabbit is a rabbit. It's a rodent. It's a, it's a version of a rodent, the rodent family. Okay. Let's look at a moose. What's a moose? They call it a moose. Where does that originate? A moose. Uh, right? Are there, uh, you don't have the word. It's not a word. It's a name. Of course, it's a noun then. But they named this particular critter Ground Hog. Now, I'm sure it has one of those uh, names, those Latin names, Groundosus, Groundos Hoculus. Some Latin or uh, don't they aren't they all in Latin those early things uh, to like like dinosaurs Repticlus Ricolaclus and I'm sure it does but they call it a ground hog which means exactly what this critter does it hogs the ground now if you could think of naming other creatures in in that way and I, and I don't know I haven't thought about this could you uh, call up uh, like a pig what does pig mean has anyone seen the movie pig that's a fine movie with Nicolas Cage if you get a chance it's probably streaming and speaking of streaming before I get back to the groundhogs huh how about that new Netflix deal Netflix pay with commercials is that it I don't know let's let's go back to the groundhog the groundhog is a hogger of the ground. Now, if you hog something, and remember, you could call a, can't you call a pig a hog? Yeah, pigs are called hogs. And the, a hog, if you hog something, it, that's a word. Uh, you don't hog it. it. means you're taking more for yourself, more than you need. You're hogging. You're, you're selfish. Uh, but so if you're a groundhog, you're taking more ground than you need, and you're hogging. The ground. Groundhog is a name of a creature that describes what it does. Moose does not. Moose does not describe what the moose does. <laughs> what does a moose do anyway? <laughs> hey, Paul Winkle. <laughs> hey, Rocky. What me pull a rabbit out of my head? I'm doing both of them. And for those of you who were born too late to know what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about. Moose does nothing. How about a duck? Now, duck, of course, can be used like duck. It's a, you know, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Duck. But a duck is a duck. And you know what? They're called ducks, but they're also called plant, not plantoons. <laughs> plantoons. Ducks are also called, uh, um, oh, wow. See, now that escaped me. They have another name. Plague? Well, that's a platoon. It was something like platoon. Platoon is a is a military term. Let's get back to groundhog. There aren't many critters named for what they do. So, uh, like, okay, duck. How about dog? Dog. Uh, what dog? Now, also known as a canine, 
but it's a dog. People call it a dog. Well, what does a dog do? Now, dog can be a word. I dogged. You could use like a verb. I was dogging him. You know, I was a verb, I said. It's a dog. But it, you, a dog doesn't dog. A dog sometimes can dog. But it, that's not why it's called a dog. A groundhog would be like calling a mosquito. And don't ask me where mosquito came from. You're going to have to look that up yourself. I'm not doing that right now. I have all these notes, and, I, and here I am talking about a groundhog. The critters I have more of than any other critters on my land, not counting the ants, of course. What's an ant? Ant. What does that come from? Does that come from the, uh, the Latin? Is it antitophalia? Is it the antala, antala species, the species antala lacrupidop? I don't know. Ant. It's short for... And what? Anticular tacoculus. I don't know. Aside from the, you know, millions of ants, I walked out of my house once, this house. This is my house. <laughs> I walked out of my, it should be our house. And it was a very, very, very fine house. Never was it a fine house. I walked out of my house from the front door once. And it was, it was summer. Yeah, it would be summer. And I stepped on the, there's one step before you get to the porch. And then in front of me is the, uh, the, uh, the grassy knoll, if you will. So, and I stepped and I realized that, you know, the, the concrete there is not uh, black or brown. It's, uh, I just turn that down. Okay. It's not black or brown. It's, uh, I mean, it's not black. Yeah, it's not black or brown. It's, you know, this concrete is white, gray, a grayish concrete is gray, I guess. And yet it was black and brown. And I realized that I had stepped, that one step I took outside of my house, killed, killed, think about this, ended the life of, I couldn't count how many ants. Isn't that wild? The ants, because I just walked out of my house. It wasn't, it was a violent mass murder of an insect that I didn't, uh, not I didn't plan, I did anything. I just, I'm going somewhere else. I didn't, before I left the house, I didn't say to myself, I'm going to put on these biggest shoes I have because my boots don't fit anymore. Well, wait a second. So what if they don't fit? Let the boots, let my feet hurt inside. I'm only going to kill. So I didn't do that. I didn't. I, my, my mouth wasn't watering. I, I didn't prepare to take a harder, bigger step out of the house so that I could kill more creatures. And they're creatures, insects. Size doesn't matter. I didn't do that. And yet, when my foot hit the ground, I guess hundreds died. Hundreds! From one, one, one step, I took hundreds. What's my point? My point is, I looked down and saw. I kept my foot exactly where it was, in its murdering, best murdering position. I said, ah, I mourned the ants whose circumstance took 
years from their lives. I don't even know how long an ant lives, so I can't say that. But I guess if you add it all together, there's a whole bunch of years. It could have been a century. It could have been a century, a century in the life of an ant. But as I looked, and then I looked to my right, which is where the path left, I would make a hard right when I get out of the front door and then go down the concrete path and just a couple of steps because uh, that's kind of lines, it's kind of the path uh, in front of the lawn because the lawn goes all the way down and, and it has a hill. Okay, doesn't matter. But I do that, and uh, but I didn't do that. I looked, and the ants weren't just side by side in front of my front door. I mean, and I mean, I killed hundreds and there were still hundreds, but to the side and down to the foot of the three or four steps there are, which is another two, three, five, six, seven feet, ants, ants. I don't, you know, they look like they don't know where they're going because there's so many of them and they're so close. How do they figure? They all move together. I, it, it's impossible to figure this out. Even if you're an entomologist, not entomologist, <laughs> should have been entomologist. But what does an ant do? You don't, the word means nothing else. Not A-U-N-T, aunt. You know, that's why a lot of people in early uh, Amer colonial America, at least, said aunt. Aunt. Aunt would be the uh, brother or sister. No, would be the sister. Would be the brother. Would be the sister of your mother or father. Would be your aunt, because it's A-U-N-T. And don't even ask me why that is that way. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, you know, if I, and I'm going to look at this. If I want to now, I am in control. I have the power to kill hundreds of creatures. Hundreds. And who knows, maybe hundreds means even up to a thousand, if I could catch them all. I mean, once you, once you pound, they, they start to, you know, move away. <laughs> it's pretty smart. And they talk to one another with, with antlers. Now, antlers are on a moose. We don't know moose doesn't is named after what it does. And antlers, I don't know about that either. And neither do you. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're together on this. So the ants, okay, now I'm going to go back to uh, groundhog. So ants, uh, it, they weren't like insect. Uh, I wouldn't even know what to call them in terms of what they do, because I don't know what they do. What, what do ants do? They don't like, you know, bees make honey, and that's important uh, to the life of uh, the insect world and uh, to us, because the uh, life uh, hierarchy, uh, you know, life chain, the chain of life. Uh, it's the chain, right? Wasn't that from the, uh, the Lion King? No. Then when, uh, but it doesn't matter what ants do. I know, it, you know, there's so many of them. I think all they do except is uh, procreate. And then and that doesn't even happen, does it? Because I don't know which one of those thousands of soldier ants, because it's those male ants that are out there, because it's a queen ant. You don't need 
There's not such a thing as like, a, you know, a hundred queen ants get together. There's no queen ant convention. So the queen ant rules over thousands of men. But I don't know what they do. They just, you know, they procreate. Why? Why do they, why do we need so many ants? I did a show on ants a, a while back and, uh, Maybe I'll go back and listen to it somewhere and find out. But it's not, it wasn't about ants. I'm talking about groundhogs. Okay, they are appropriately named, even though they, we don't know their Latin name because I don't know. I, I guess they're rodents. Are they rodents? I don't. But they're they have a family of uh, a phylum. Is that what it's called? The phylum, a family of phylums, a five, family, <laughs> a phylum family is a family. You remember? Sly, uh, Sly Stone and the family band? No. Okay. Groundhogs. And they do. They literally, which means they are named, they hog the ground. They don't need, you know, they dig a, a hole and then a tunnel. They can't just dig a hole and go maybe five, ten feet. And while they're down there, they should make you know, a little home, a little, uh, right? A little place where they could stay. So don't just make a tunnel. The tunnels go to another place and then they go up into onto the surface and then they have to find another hole somewhere because, uh, you know, something happens in the hole. They don't know how to maintain the hole. Hey, listen, they could learn from the ants because ants do the holes and they make a, you ever see an ant farm? You know what is an ant farm? The ants know what to do with tunnels. They know how to make tunnels. They know how to connect the tunnels. They know how to keep the traffic going through the tunnels. And they do have, a, they create a, a room for the queen. Uh, and they live down there, work down there. I get work. They, what do they do? I don't know. They go out and look for food, thousands of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, think of what feeds a thousand ants, right? One cupcake can take care of an army of ants, correct? Okay. But the groundhog also gets a, a drastic name like that because it's a hog. It's a selfish, big, I mean, it's a huge Fat, why? I don't even know what it eats. Maybe it eats other groundhogs. Maybe groundhogs are cannibals. And by the way, that is the name of my new book, Groundhogs Are Cannibals by Frank Catola. I want you to go out next week, start asking for it at all the local bookstores. What? There are no bookstores? Then write it in at Amazon. Do you have groundhogs or cannibals? Or cannibal groundhogs. I don't know. It was one of those. He said it was one of those on the and the, and the, and the, and the person goes, "No, we don't know. I've never heard of it." Or the writer. What stores are there anyway? There's Bam. Books and music. There are no more true bookstores. And where there are bookstores, they're specialized bookstores. Where'd we go with the ants? Groundhogs everywhere I look. Uh, they, and now it's winter, so they're going to make these holes. They're good at digging holes, but they don't maintain the tunnels. They don't maintain a tunnel. I have not hunted and destroyed any one tunnel. And yet I find them. It's like, well, you don't use this anymore. I don't, I didn't even, you know, uh, take, I didn't even block the, 
the tunnel. I mean, the last one I saw, the most recent one I saw, I didn't block, I just let it go. I said, all right, maybe they'll just go in and out of this one. Uh, one time I, I found like four tunnels <laughs> in around, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the front yard and then in the six, seven feet from the, that one and the front and then the back and then there's another one and then they go to the back and these holes. And I can't, how many, are you, how many are you? And you know, the other thing that's odd about them, they are fast. The little bulbous, little, they're not little, the big bulbous sized uh, creatures, they run like mad. I know, I tried to shoot one or two here and there. I know I haven't done the gun show, so you'll never know how or what or why I'm able to do that. Of oh, course, they're on my land. They're trespassers on my land. Not, they're trespassers in my land. But that takes care of them. Now, my name is Frank Atolo, the man whose name joins the title of the show. And as I said, I have many things in front of me. Not one of them says Groundhog. See what I'm saying? Uh, I want to mention that before I start talking about anything, and there are a few things I could talk about here. Uh, and oh, and I want to, I want to try out, <laughs> I want to try uh, a, I guess this would be a, a beta, would be called a beta run of my new lyrics. Do you know uh, in my, I have a stupid pastime, it's stupid, okay? But everything I, you know, I love to write, I write all sorts of things. And if I, and I you know, like to rewrite. Music now, not no, not music. The songs, and and it's all it's a little. I know it's not as uh, definite or it's not as uh, uh, precise as your crazy guy there, whatever his name was. You know, I'm making a movie about him. Uh, you know, uh, Wacko Wacko William or Willie Wacko, whatever his name is, uh, Crazy Kim or uh, it's not that. And and it's and it's it's way stupider and probably not commercial. But I thought maybe I'd do that because it just came up. And I like to do things that just come up. I, I've forgotten altogether what I wrote. Ah, lists. Yes. Oh, wait a second. This was supposed to be the baseball stories. You see what I'm saying? I forgot about that. The, and I'll tell you what. Uh, if you want, and I know you don't care, uh, I, I can tell you two uh, baseball stories because we're in the baseball season and because it was a special baseball season. Uh, with the home run guy and everything, I, I can do that. And then this other stuff, I don't know. It, that now I have too much to do, so I'm going to say goodnight. <laughs> I have too much to say, and I didn't even count on spending the first half hour talking about groundhogs. Groundhogs. I want to say that next week and the week after that, we are going to be talking with guests. Guests are coming back. Yes, sirree. And I'm excited about next week's guest and the week after that. Of course, I've already forgotten the week after that. I'm going to have to look it up. But next week, who's the week after? Oh, of course, two guests, one who hasn't been on in ages, who is the person to talk to about sex workers and the new, what is it? A, uh, the new theater of sex uh, now available because of the internet, independence, not prof professionals because they're getting paid, but now anybody who can be 
uh, a sex worker. Sex worker, the whole new phylum <laughs> of uh, workers, sex workers. There's iron workers, right? There's uh, physical work. No, physical workers. What kind of, you know, workers. There's, uh, I don't know. And, and, that's, and that's where I had the idea. Okay, so Velvet Steel used to have a show when we all of us were uh, broadcast on, I forgot the name of the place. And by all of us, I mean, uh, I think the artist D, who was supposed to be on by now, but, you know, like I said, with everybody, like Craig Lino, you know, and uh, it, it's tough. But I have managed to schedule two in a row. Two! Um, and first is, I'm trying to think, you know, is, well, the second one is, no, let me talk, Velvet Steel will be here. And she is a, a, a revolutionary uh, sex worker. Revolutionary? No, I don't think she's not. Um, she's um, an original. She's all in. And she's going to be talking with us. And we had a wonderful conversation years ago already. But she you know, she had her own show. Uh, and I think, she, I don't know if she has a podcast or anything like that. But we're going to talk about that at a level no show has talked about it. And, you know, I've been talking about it here and there. I even had a show with the artist D and we rambled off into something else. But talking about sex workers, the whole, the theater, the whole new uh, theater of sexual communication, let's call it. Velvet Steel. Look her up. Velvet as in velvet. Steel as in steel with an E. Who was that cartoon that say, I as in, with I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm lost anyway. I can't even, I can't even find an ex, a, a, a description of who things that go through my head. I was reading something. Uh, Marlon Brando used to say, not to me, he didn't, but he used to say, uh, that you're more sensitive. Be, the, sensitive people have 35 thoughts, like uh, 35 thoughts uh, that about one thing. And have, you know, lots of stuff goes on. And I, I guess I'm sensitive because I'm pick up, as I did tonight, ready to talk about baseball. And then, uh, you know, Velvet Steel will be here. That would be the uh, 20-something of something. Like the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20th. Would it be the 20th? Seven days from now. And then the week after that, yes, Ian Abra Abramson. <laughs> I always want to say Abraham. Abramson. It's Abramson, isn't it? Ian Abramson. This is a funny, funny guy. I had to say funny twice. Funny guy. Good stand-up. And uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. He, I I don't know if you heard, and I'm trying to remember, was I on his show, uh, his Twitch? He's got a Twitch show. Was I on his show? Because I remember saying, hey, as you were, I was supposed to be uh, interviewing him. He was interviewing me. But, uh, but I wound up on his Twitch show, and maybe that wound up somehow on this show. I don't know. I don't remember last week. Remember, I'm sensitive. 35, and maybe I had, maybe it doubled. Maybe I had 70 thoughts. Ian Abramson, two weeks from now, Velvet Steel next week. And I think that, does that take care of October? I don't know. There might be someone uh, on the third week. I'm, 
like a groundhog, I think I'm hogging, uh, but um, that sensitivity thing is what got to me. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I thought we would talk about baseball originally, as I said, because while I was doing 10 things at once, as I do it, also finishing a novel, another novel I just wrote, and and then plummeting into the uh, end of novel depression. That might have been me. Help! Did you hear that thing? It might have been me. Uh, I might have done That might have been me. And, and uh, tons of other things that were going on in this house, around this house, under the house because of the groundhogs. And uh, and everywhere else that there's something uh, involved with me. Funny too, funny uh, New York funny. I say that's the funniest. Funny could also mean that. that's odd. I think odd that a man who grows up and for a good part of his life lives in cities in the urban atmosphere. Taking trains, not even driving, right? How many uh, years did I just take public transportation or have friends who drove me places? Lots of years. And in the city, you live in a house. It's probably uh, 10 other houses on that block in the city. maybe, And then in the 10 houses, they might be subdivided to uh, families. So one house might, have, uh, might be a three-family house. So there's three more families. Then there's people everywhere. Cars are people who have cars and have things and then walk. And winds up in front of this mic. Now 20-something years later. And the house is empty. And the outside is empty. It's dark. It's dark. And it's quiet. And there's nothing I have neighbors, I have neighbors, and I have big houses around me. There's, where are these people? <laughs> I, even when I go out, do they see me? Because, you, know, I, 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 you know, if I ride my bike, and that was a bus this season, but I don't see them, they don't see me. Not like the city. There's always someone to see. There's always someone walking by. There's always someone dry, in a car driving by. There's always someone talking, someone eating, someone moving somewhere. Everybody got to move somewhere. You like that? That's not my... That's a random piece of... Uh, everybody got to move somewhere. Oh, I guess that's from uh, Mississippi. Bob Dylan song. Everybody got to go somewhere. <laughs> what was the baseball? They're talking about baseball. You know, I don't talk about baseball a lot, but baseball is in my past. I played it. I watched it on uh, television. I watched it live. I played it, like I said, on concrete. I played it. Oh, baseball, forms of baseball, softball. But this year, baseball... I started watching more of it than I have because I gave it up. And I think I've talked about that. I'm not going to go into why I gave it up. But let's just say I don't have time for it. It sounds odd, too, because the older people get, the more they like to watch sports. I'll tell you one reason why they like to watch sports, and it's not betting on They like to watch it because no one knows what's going to happen. You put on a 
football game or a basketball game. It's not ball. It's not ball. Baseball. Look at this. Baseball. Because it's a ball on bases. Right? Like groundhog. <laughs> it makes sense. They call the games are named better for what they are. Football. Although football doesn't always concern the foot because they use arms to throw it. Right? Hockey, which is not a ball. <laughs> so they wouldn't give it a ball name. Um. Uh, Tennis, which has a ball, but I don't know what tennis means. What does tennis mean? And See, there's all these things. You know, you should go back, all of you, to a show I did a couple of, maybe a month ago or something like that. It's on juicedtalk.com. And the show is, uh, I don't know how anything works. And uh, the same thing, but I don't know. Why most things, see, yeah, most things, anything works. Because, and neither do you, was the parents. I should, you know, that should be my book, my next book. Forget about that other book. Forget about ants. What was it? What was it called again? Ants are, I don't know. I don't know how anything works. Parentheses, neither do you. I should do a whole podcast. But I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm a person who does many things and has done many things, and I'm going to do many more things because, but they don't, they're not all in the same area of doing. <laughs> Does doing have an area? So I'm like, I don't retire. I keep working. I, uh, I'm not one of those people who sits down to watch sports. And I don't drink beer anymore. Or I don't drink alcohol anymore. So I don't do it. So... Most people watch sports. They hook themselves up with liking a team. And I, there's another thing. I don't know how people, why people like teams beyond the fact that it's their home team. I can understand. They, That's our home team. They represent all of us when they win, even though they're playing with a ball out there and you do nothing of the sort. But baseball, when you're growing up as a child, in the city or in the country is something. And uh, I started watching baseball this year because there was some connection to baseball when I was a kid uh, with the New York Yankees watching guys hitting home runs. I love home runs and always loved home runs. I wanted, I lo- you know, even though there were guys who were hit, a lot of guys at one or in one single season a number of years ago, uh, because they were all pumped up on uh, special stuff, uh, and you know they were they weren't supposed to be, but they were. They had stimulants of various types of chemical assistance, and they were hitting the balls with that so hard that even you know they they could hit home runs when they didn't have it, uh, when they weren't uh, so intoxicated, but. They hit the balls so hard on the new stuff they had, the new things that made their muscles big, that they were home runners. Everyone's playing hitting home runs. <laughs> Imagine how. Now, I think that if more players hit home runs, baseball would be a shorter game because one of the things about baseball uh, these days in a uh, in a society, in a culture, in a on a planet where you can in one hour. You could find, uh, I don't know, maybe for every minute you could find somewhere else to go for some kind of entertainment. 
uh, without moving, you know, and no less you add all the things you could do by moving and then there's nothing you could, you can't do everything like, you can't do everything. But uh, so, you know, people say, oh, sit down and watch baseball. You know how long a baseball game takes? And if you saw that wonderful series of Brockheimer, wow, I remembered it. Or is it Brockheimer? Brockheimer. With the guy whose name I forget, but you know, uh, uh, you know, you'll know him up. Look him up. You'll know because that was about baseball and old, not an old. I mean, a uh, traditional baseball announcer who uh, who was extra special and hated by a lot of people and whatever. But uh, his connection to baseball was was a life sustaining uh, because he worked in it he talked in it and he knew every, the nuance and the people and everything okay fine that's uh, what we make a living but you learn a lot about baseball and how it's uh, in it if you've seen that and one of the things that happens is that the baseball starts to lose its audience in this uh, timeline that doesn't exist with Brockheimer is it Hammer I don't know and uh, and one of the things that that is uh, weighing baseball down is one of the things that is baseball and that is length nine innings with no times not like hockey you got to watch hockey even if they have okay or, or or football they have timeout and they have a clock running there's no clock on baseball baseball just goes and if and in nine innings you got to win no you don't because if it's tied you keep going you could and then it's oh man i'm telling you I went to a doubleheader once live, a live doubleheader with my father, who was the kind of person who could sit and just watch baseball because he was a laborer and he did, uh, you know, things and, uh, he, you know, he didn't have any other things to do. But so I you know, took him. And one time we went to, here's a baseball story, so we're not going to completely go off of uh, the uh, topic. Um, I'm going to probably save some of these other topics for another time. Uh, uh, he, we got New York Mets tickets, and at the time you could afford tickets if you were just you know just a common worker and a common worker. I didn't work in common. Okay, forget about that. Here's my point. I got double. You know, you didn't pay more for a double headers. You got two games, but you had to stay. But you didn't have to stay there. But I mean, you stay there, but you get two games. So it's like, let's go for a double header, like on a Sunday, and then uh, sit, and then we can uh, we can eat uh, hot dogs, stay there, you know, just mess around, and uh, just the whole flavor, the whole idea of being in that bubble where these men—it's you know—it's a—it's a theater, and I've always said that it's a theater. I mean, always said it, but you know, baseball is a theater, and they're performing. And 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 there's like I said, there's no writers. There's rules, and you watch baseball, and what happens? You don't know what's going to happen. You know, certain things can happen within the uh, within the confines of the rules and the game that they play. But you don't know what's going to happen when it's going to happen. But when there were home run guys, like I said, uh, back there a couple of years, everybody was hitting home runs. I love home runs, so that's what brought me back to watching some some. As I said, I mean, I, I still haven't watched the whole season. I've not watched one full game, but I keep it on in the background if I was writing or something. You know, if it wasn't something I needed, I never need quiet, ever, ever, ever in my life. Do I need quiet? So a guy named Aaron Judge 
Anyone who's come gone anywhere near baseball this year knows that name. He was uh, hitting home runs, and he, and without the juice, baby, no juice. Just slamming that ball, bing, gone, boom, gone to the left, to the right, center field, everywhere, bing. Wow, you know, but for a couple of inches where many of his balls went f- foul, okay. It's not allowed. They're still home runs. I mean, they're as hard as home runs, but they're not within the foul balls. If you add that, I bet you he had 120 home runs this season, in the regular season. That means without extra, you know, the innings and the playoffs and series, which hasn't happened yet. But it's true. I I think somebody should do that. And if anybody's listening and, and can get that information from score sheets or from Major League Baseball, maybe they have the maybe somebody on the interweb has a database. How many long fly balls did Aaron Judge hit that would have been, and they were as strong and as powerful as home runs, but they were foul? Okay, how many of those? If we count those as home runs, how many home runs did he hit? Well, well, it was the fair home runs, obviously, the only ones they were counting. The home runs that counted that got me started watching and got me, it got me start watching baseball again. And I did. Mostly watching the Yankees, but that was still more than I'd ever done. I was alive. I was uh, a kid. And when you're a kid, baseball's different than it is when you're older. Not, not for some people, but it was for me. Let's just say for me. So I'm a kid and I watched baseball, learned baseball. And maybe the one or two times I wanted to be a baseball guy, I never would have been. But I played it. I played it, uh, played hardball, softball, and all sorts of balls I played. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I remember when the uh, the season, and I saw the movie. If you didn't, I you would see the movie. It's called 61, I think. Yeah. When Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, icons of uh, baseball history in teams, were Yankees. And there's a movie. You see. It's a good movie if you even don't like baseball, okay? Because it's not about baseball. It's about characters, okay? Good movie. I directed by Billy Crystal, may I add, who, who still is uh, into baseball, uh, very much into baseball. And I'm sorry, I said very. You're gonna have to check for other shows. I'm not going into that right now. So I started watching because I wanted Aaron Judge to break the record Roger Maris set when he beat. Babe Ruth's record. I'm not old enough. I didn't see Babe Ruth, okay. But I was a kid. Well, yeah, I was, I don't know what year that, what year was that? I don't know, but I was young. And I was uh, rooting for uh, Mickey Mantle. And he, and he, Mickey Mantle lost. He couldn't, uh, he didn't do enough. But Roger Maris that year, for some reason or another, he was into the home runs. He got cling, clock, clue, cling. Those are not sounds made by a home run hit. I'm making those up, but that means something like that. You hear, that's the way you hear it. If you're close, it's louder. If you're not, it's, I guess, oh yeah, TV. Tell. There's, there's more to the story of my father and I 
uh, at the double header, but I, I'm just telling you how I went back to the uh, how I how I uh, started this year watching. And by golly, uh, I watched. I didn't see the 61st. I saw the 60th. I'm watching here and there. Well, anyway, so uh, that's what happened with the experience. Is nothing like when I was a kid. Nothing like when I was somewhat into baseball. I don't remember. I do remember that I lived in cities. Like when I lived in Los Angeles, and a couple of times the Dodgers. I saw a Dodger games. I went to Chez Reval. I can't remember the name of it. Chez. I almost did yesterday. I tried to say it, and I went Chev <laughs> Chez Chev Reval. No, it was. Uh, Wow, Shay, no, that's Shay Stadium. It wasn't that. Shay Ravine, Ravine, something with Ravine, I think it was. Shay Ravine or Chavez Ravine or something. Uh, because I knew someone who had, check this out. Like this, I'm telling you, something about L.A. that someone told me a long time ago, I'll tell you right now, because even though I've said it before, that probably hundreds of you, who's never heard me say it. And that is, uh, you know, I, I was in the business per se when I was in L.A. Uh, and so being in the business, you get to meet people who are in the business <laughs> and, and they don't always give you the business. And so I knew somebody who knew somebody. Or I knew somebody who was related to somebody who had box seats for the whole season. They're called season tickets in Chez Ravine. Maybe it's Chez, Chez Ravine. Oh, man, what's happening? What's happening? Shay Chavez Ravine. No, it wasn't named after Chavez. And you know, even then, you know what baseball costs now to see if you go is incredible price-wise. But then it was still expensive. So I saw Chez Ravine. They don't even play there anymore. I didn't know that. I'm watching the Mets. The Mets, they have a... a, uh, uh, mascot, a dog, a dog as a mascot, and they and his name is Shea, S H E A. They say it's named after the stadium where the Mets once played. I don't know, once played. There's no more Shea Stadium. This is nuts. I remember when Shea Stadium was built around the time of the New York World's Fair, and people don't even remember the New York World's Fair. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't hit the kill button. Because I don't believe in the kill button. So I started watching again here and there. And the Mets, uh, uh, of course. And that's, uh, well, that's what I went to see w with my father. Now, the odd thing is, and I get to say this every time because I have friends who are baseball nuts. I get called baseball nuts. Okay, they're fans of baseball. They watch a lot of baseball. And my partner, Tom Savino, my old partner, and we're not getting any younger on either of us, uh, who will be on again uh, in November. As a guest, I did not mention him before because I think it's the 10th. I don't know, something like that. I'll, I'll get close to it. You're not going to remember? I hardly remembered. He, why did I bring him? Oh, he's been a baseball fan all along. He watches those New York Yankees. Has some great stories. This is why I was going, I hoped that, that he was going to be on with me on this show and we could talk baseball and baseball stories like the one. So I'm going to save that story 
But I didn't tell you what I said I was going to tell you that I never told you before, that I didn't say before. Or I did say before, but other people who were listening didn't. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to tell you this. My name is Frank Cotolo. I'm the man whose name adorns the title of the show. And there will be a gun show. There will be a gun show. Was that a shot? A gun show. Uh, so that's my little bit about baseball. And I'll, you know, a baseball, I'd rather talk with somebody who's more into it than I do. Although I could tell you stories that aren't about baseball, but they have that baseball flavor because, like, they take place in the. Uh, oh, yeah, that. I'll finish that. I will finish that because I didn't mention that. I, we went to a doubleheader, and as I said, the seats were cheap. Not as cheap as those Chavez Ravine. Was it Chavez Ravine? <laughs> Not as cheap as those box seats that I got from a, my friend's relative who had a, a year's worth of Dodgers seats. Greatest seats in the house. No one knows what they cost. It didn't cost me anything. But we went uh, into the bleachers. The bleachers are, are the way up in the air. And the, and the people playing the baseball game are little guys. Yes, <laughs> little. They're so small. And yet they get to hit that ball and it could come your way. You could catch. Uh, uh, but but there's also wind. It was summer and there was wind, a lot of wind. And we, we got plenty wind burned that day. Two games for the price of one. Okay. So I went, and I took my father many times. But uh, like I said, when I'm baseball, I could, I constantly every season, if I'm with people or friends or some of the people, my friends are people. I mean, if I'm with, they're not groundhogs. I'm with friends or people who talk baseball, and I can't talk a lot of baseball because all the things I know about baseball go way back. But I could say this, and I say it when I get the chance. I say, do you know, as I said this the other day to some people who brought up baseball at a coffee shop, in my area of life, <laughs> I said, you know, I was, and this is true, I'm not sound, making up something, I was at, at, I was present in a place called the Polo Grounds when the New York Mets played their first game in New York City. Now that, that, for somebody, you know, are you kidding me? How old are you? You know, no, I'm not, you know, it's not like, uh, yeah, yeah. Abner Doubleday was there. He threw out the first ball. Why did they throw out the first ball? Because it's no good. <clears throat> yeah, I was there. Uh, so um, I had an uncle, great uncle, my uncle Vic. He was so into baseball. He knew things like, see that guy? See that guy? He bat he batted three fifty two in the first half of the season in nineteen forty seven. <laughs> I went wow, <laughs> and so I you know I and I learned names of early New York Mets who were guys whose baseball career was almost over, and they went to this franchise, this new team, Mets, short for Metropolitans. 
a team that did exist, I believe, in the early 1900s, late 1800s, the New York Metropolitan. But they just called them the New York Mets. And this year it was shocking to see this uh, bunch of guys who they weren't even born when I went to see the first Mets game. And they and the team wins 101 games. And they're gone. They're, not, they're gone already. They didn't win the, the... I mean, how much the game has changed in terms of how it's played with teams and divisions. Right? You know, that's just all different. In those days, it was different. There was the National League and the American League. Period. <laughs> I'm like the old days. They were just, you know. And uh, the uh, uh, Mets. So my, my history with the Mets is equally as exciting with the Yankees. See, in New York, you were divided. It was, you're black or white. And and then it was decide which one was which. I mean, just to say black and white, not necessarily that there were just white people and then black players and black players. I'm talking about it was one way or the other, you think. Yankee fan or a Mets fan? Couldn't be both. Strange thing about that is when there was a Subway Series some years back and the Mets played the Yankees for the World Series... It was one of the lowest rated <laughs> TV events, sports events in history. My name is Frank Tolman. Man's name adorns the title of the show. It's uh, 56 minutes after we started this program. And usually I go till uh, these days. I don't, I don't go till uh, 11 much anymore. In fact, I could stop now with everything I've said. It's, when I'm, all the things that I have said, nothing is written, no script, no anything. And, and yet, uh, uh, Jesse Waters, <laughs> I had to bring up Jesse Waters, you know, needs all these words in front of him, doesn't have the thought for himself, and doesn't even move, no dynamics, no dynamics, and here's the thing, the way he talks. Ah, every year that kid, he'd probably say he doesn't talk like that. Never hear, never hear that kid, ever hear that guy who talks on his show, The Chronicles? Ever hear him? And that's that's pretty close. Ever hear him? He talks and he says things and goes on to different subjects. What is he? Probably a liberal. A dirty, rotten, no good liberal who just wants to live in a socialistic nation. Oh, you know. I'm, maybe it's not that good. I was going to do this whole thing about, uh, of all people, John, no, I forgot. It's crazy. That's crazy. Come on, now look at look at John. Come on, John Denver. <laughs> because oh, but I didn't want to get into ragging on Mo. What's his name? Mo what? Mo what? Mo Dickens? No, <laughs> Mo. What's his name? Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca. I got Mo Rocca in my best. I got a Mo Rocca in my head. I got a Mo Rocca on the way, on the Mo Rockin' all the way home. I got Mo Rocca rockin' away. Got Mo Rocca rockin' away. It's Mo Rocca rockin' away. Mo rockin' away back home. Here's a podcast called Mo Bituary. Oh, how clever. And of course, he's one of the CBS Sunday morning guys. I know he might be a night guy. I never met him. I don't know him. I'm just not a big fan of the guys who just go out and interview. And, you know, because 
that's a whole other show in itself. See what I'm saying? Got to move. But he did a he did a piece on uh, John Denver because what? Twenty five years ago, this week, John Denver passed. How'd he pass? Fast. In an airplane. In an airplane he built by himself. How do you build an airplane? Apparently better than John. That's it. There's the answer. How do you build an airplane? How? Better than John Denver. That's how. I don't know how. I couldn't do it. Paper airplanes. My paper airplanes don't even soar the way they used to. I've tried all different designs and folds, and it doesn't work. Well, John Denver, uh, because his wife, ex-wife, Annie, writes one of the most beautiful love songs, considered popular uh, commercial love songs of all time. Is it of all time? They're going to do like they do on the lists. Certainly popular. And uh, and uh, what? And they're divorced. And today, Mo Rocca went to uh, visit her. I'm not promoting, but if you want to go listen to Mo Rocca's mobituaries and hear this story, it's fine. But you'd never hear the story of John Denver the way I would tell it. You're going to hear it the way Mo Rocca. And apparently, everyone wants to hear more people. I'm going to say everyone, because there must be people. I know there are people in my audience and uh, new and old who would like to hear me talk about John Denver 25 years since, because I know things that weren't on the mobituary version of... Uh, Morak is okay. He's just a, you know, he plays softball and he doesn't know a lot of inside stuff. So he asks questions. Those are the best people, actually, to talk about people like John Denver. You know, even when they get near the, uh, the spicy stuff, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they soften it. And there's stuff they don't know. Let's face it. And Mo Rocca is not exactly uh, the, uh, he's not exactly the Marlon Brando of interviewers, hosts, or whatever you call that. So when he has a podcast, he talks, Mo Bituary, talks about dead people. Clever, 25 years ago, He's only 53 years old 25 years ago. John Denver crashed in the plane that he made himself and was, I don't know, they never found his body. I don't even know if they found pieces of the plane, so Mo knew more about that. But I knew most of the stuff and then had extra stuff and I was going to talk about that. I will save the John Denver thing. You know, we I don't have to wait until there's an anniversary I don't know, look for a topic. And for instance, all this talk about groundhogs that I did and did not expect to do. It's not like there's a season. Those groundhogs are digging their tunnels 24-7. How many, 12 months out of every year they're out there, those big, bulbous, and fast. You see them around. And you see their bodies. Those are the sounds I imagine their bodies are making somehow. If it were, if they were cartoons, it's the sides. They don't want to be near anyone. No, don't don't think about getting a groundhog for a pet. So I'm not going to do that. I I want to. I don't know if I could get through the uh, the uh, the new lyrics to this song uh, that I wrote, but uh, I would actually have it on here and it would be fun. I can be fun to do. 
And what is this now? Okay, yeah, new lyrics. And I, yes, I, I keep telling you here on this show that when it comes to that new lyric thing, I have lyrics to the Indiana Jones song, but I'm saving that for uh, the premiere, you know, for more when Indy 5 comes out. The last Indiana Jones movie will be coming out. Oh, I'll take a, I'll take a drink of water. Mm. Mm. But you know, I've been on this minor campaign. Am I going to do that or not? I don't know. I, I could test it out and you could hear him. Hear it. Uh, there's a pens here. <laughs> it's one of my many, uh, many uh, school-like mead notebooks that I tell everybody. Mead? What does it say anyway? Learn, organize, create. Mead. Composition by composition books. Which I have I have tons of these. I get them when they're cheap. I tell everyone these are the only ones I'll use. They must be not college ruled. Wide ruled. You can get them too. When, when uh, school time uh, shopping takes place in most towns and cities and malls of the world, probably get these meads. Don't get the knockoffs. Get the meads because the knockoffs fall apart and they don't have as many. Okay. I, I wanted to... Okay, should I do this? Um, the only thing I could do, because I had to I have to do it, find a karaoke version of the song, and then I'm stuck with the key that it's in. But that's okay. I could get through it one way or another. And uh, maybe, maybe I'll make a copy. Maybe I'll do that another time. Or I'll make a copy of it, as I did with Midnight in Moscow, and as I'm going to do with Indiana Jones and stuff, and let's leave that and put the, put the last half hour. That was going to do another thing for the list. I've been on this anti-list campaign because I don't like the fact that places, uh, you know, topics that are needed uh, or apparently internet Places and what are they called? You know, like Bing and uh, Yahoo. And, uh, what are they? They're not just search engines. They're homes of places. You know, uh, Bing and Microsoft have their own pages, and they on these news things and features. And they have they have, they have Yahoo and uh, the search engines that have these areas, these topics, and they seem to think they get readers by using this form of history, a top 10, top 20, and as, whoa, and the one here, the top 94, I think I had here, and I wasn't going to go through each one, but uh, they, uh, we've done a couple of shows now with these lists, and, you know, they're, they're um, incorrigible, uh, because they're, they're not accountable for anything, they, and, 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 uh, and they are written, the written, the copy that's with the story on the internet is uh, usually just written so badly, and and um, but mostly, forget about the writing for a second. Mostly, what I don't like about these lists is that they're not no one's accountable for that. Whose opinion is this when they give you a list? The ten best, the twenty best, the thirty. Who, who 
It doesn't say. They don't give you a, um, what would that even be called? They don't give you the parameters of why it's that. I don't know. Uh, and, and this one, and they always go from worse to best. By, yeah, by whose standards, right? And my sense of this is that everybody out there, every reader they expect to be, to pay attention to this article, no less read it, and uh, discuss it somewhere. I don't know who, what, where. Uh, everybody who does has their own top has all has their own lists. That was the brilliance of the uh, writers came up with the top ten list uh, on the old late night with David Letterman. Tonight's top ten list, and they came up with these absurd uh, topics for the list. Those of you who know it don't know it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> go to uh, go to go to YouTube and look up top to David Letterman's top ten lists, and then it's there. That was the uh, the parody of that, and yet they're doing it now, and it's all over the place. And this one, I got. Are these ninety four? Yes. Are we coming up to Oscar time? Maybe we are. People are talking Oscars already. Best picture Oscar list. Best, best, best picture. <laughs> the best, uh, the 94 years of, uh, for 94 years, the Academy of Arts and Science, near the, uh, the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences, each year, people who work in the industry vote for the best picture of that year. There were 94 years. Here we go. So someone, again, who is, it's not by box office, it doesn't say by anything, but a, a company or whoever this person may be called the Daffy Stardust. So whoever, whoever wrote the list is uh, hiding uh, his, her, them, theirs uh, personality. As it is. You don't want to be responsible. You should be accountable for this. Best Pictures Award winners ranked awful to awesome. Now, this is editorial, okay, because it includes a major opinion. All opinion. Now, if they were to do that by, you know, box office uh, earnings of a movie, that would be a different story. But they're not going to do that. They're not. They should. If they want to do a list like this, they should. Because when you say best of something, then you're immediately in the, in the editorial world because everybody has an opinion of what's the best. And I guarantee you that if I just do 10 of these, and I might, to get us through the next half hour so... You're going to go that was the best. I saw better pictures than that this week, and I don't agree with it. And, and or you find one you love. I watched that movie a hundred times, and you know as well as I did, there are movies that you can watch over and over again from any particular point. Maybe you, you have those. I think you do. But my point is, it's an individual taste. 
So this is, belongs to Daffy Stardust. So make a joke of it as it is. And and what? Okay, I don't know. Let's let's do some of these. And uh, John Denver, is, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> Neither is the information about him. Poor guy. Rest in peace. J.D. Here we go. I'm going to move. I'm to make this screen a little bit bigger. What's this? Oh, that's the help me thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me mention this before I go on. Uh, I played, again, a piece in the opening, in the opening collage that, uh, the drums and then the sounds and then uh, those people yelling help and help and help me crying. Okay, that was from um, an album that I did with a, uh, a synthesizer, keyboard synthesizer, or whatever that, that was called. On a dare, I did an album, so I was uh, not. I was doing a lot of uh, music that was on the internet, and then people said, "Well, you know, you don't even have, you don't have like one style." Okay, well, you're supposed to have one style. I don't know. You're supposed to have one style. I said, I said, well, you know, if you if you have a sense of music, you you could do something in almost every genre. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't do electronic music. I said, sure, you can. You can do electronic music. I could do electronic. And they said, you can't do electronic music. I said, okay. Now, in the early days of this show, there were people who had a nickname for me. Oh, there's old ambient mouth, ambient mouth, <laughs> because when I talked, as you know. As you've heard even today, topics, ideas, concepts. I'm you know, a sensitive person, so there were 35 or 40 thoughts came in, coming from any one particular thought. How many did I come up with baseball? Anyway, they call me ambient now. Do you want to? Wait, are you not? I don't even know if it, I guess it would fit some way fit the ambient definition. You look it up. I don't care. But uh, that was not the name of the album. They, the cuts were called, you know, Ambient Mouth, one, two, three, four. There's a bunch of them. And you only heard a piece last uh, show, last show, uh, last week. I played one. Uh, which, that was uh, six or seven minutes. I don't know. This one was 13 minutes, but I didn't play at all. And uh, Ambient Mouth, that, that was the name of the album, what is still is I'm saying because the all the cuts are here. Clancy's nuts. Uh, we did this thing on this show years ago, using the term Clancy's nuts. A lot of you may not have heard that, but Clancy's nuts is a term. I'm not going to go and explain that for another. It was a term people use for many different things, you know. Uh, okay, like it was like. Uh, uh, no, you're not going to know that either. Okay. So I called it Clancy's Nuts. Now, here's what I'm saying. If anybody wants a copy, I can I can burn a CD for anybody who likes electronic music or just thinks it's cool or wants to get high and put headphones on because this stuff is freaky. And there's so many legal ways to get high if you do it. And you can just enjoy it and <laughs> just go crazy. Um, send a check? They don't send cash. Send uh, money. <laughs> send uh, five. Well, make it. Look, yeah, five dollars because that'll cover shipping and handling. Oh wow, I could do a whole show on handling. How much does handling cost? Okay, five dollars, which is nothing today anyway. And I will burn. Oh, where do you send it to? Send it to F Frank K. 
Catolo. The man whose name joins the title show. You don't have to write that on but Frank Catolo, C O T O L O Box fifty five. Grantville, Pennsylvania, one seven oh two eight. You got that? Box fifty five. No one knows where I live. I have to drive miles. You know how difficult it is to get a post office box? Post office box fifty five. Grantville, one word, Pennsylvania, one seven oh two eight. You send me five dollars in a war and uh or just uh uh, write to me at fcatolo at yahoo.com. I'll tell you my PayPal, and you can, uh, you know, just give me your PayPal. $5. And I will send to you snail mail, as they say, a copy of, there's no, there's no uh, cover art. Maybe I should, if, if it tells enough, I'll, <laughs> I'll have my son design cover art for Clancy's Nuts. And I'll send you it. I can't do it for nothing. I do everything for this show for nothing. It's not true. It's not true. I get free space and I get a lot of things in terms of, uh, that's not money, but, uh, you know, money. <laughs> now and then, it's good to have in your pocket. <laughs> My name is Frank Tolman. My name is always the title of the show. You want me to look at some of these? I'm going to look at some of these. So do that and I'll send you the... Uh, uh, and I'll play some of that maybe on the way out, or maybe not, or maybe next time. When Velvet Steel is here next week, don't forget that. I'm going to sneeze again. What's going on down here? Huh? Uh, dust. You're still cleaning up. Where is this? Help? No, that's help. Here. Oh, here we go. Best picture ranked awful, awful to awesome. So apparently we're going, we're going for years. I have to go to this. Oh, wait. This is not a... This is a uh, YouTube. It's... Uh, so This is not a, a list. I mean, it's a list, but it's from this daffy guy. All right. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to play that. I'm going to put it on mute, and then uh, I'll run through it by reading it. And what? Why doesn't this work now all of a sudden? Okay, I'm sorry. It does want copy file. No, 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 no. Here you go. I'll do it from the top down. There you go. You know, playing with the browser. Playing with the browser. It's easy to do. Playing with the browser. Okay, let me go through this. Maybe it'll be quicker than uh, than possible. I'm just going to keep it on silence and stop there. This is uh, here. Here we go. Number 94, 1933's movie Cavalcade. Oh, you know what's good about this? No, what, Frank? I don't have to read the text and we don't have to listen. Let's, let, well, let's listen for a second what they're saying about one or two of these. And we'll, you know, and then we'll judge. We'll, we'll go judge because we're judge. We're judgmental. We'll judge the uh, copy and the voice. What does it say? Oh, look at this. Oh, maybe not. Cavalcade. Oh, wow, it's just music. Well, anyway, I should do it. With, oh, wow, they don't say anything. They just say that was the worst, okay? That was what they considered the worst. 90, number 94. A movie called Cimarron. You know, I could make this gigantic, this piece of... Uh, let me see, I can move this a little bit more. What, am I, what about this? Why doesn't this work like that? Yeah, huh? Oh, no. Art of Cinema presents best... 
What is that? I don't want that. I want back to this best picture. I click something that doesn't work. Where are we? Awesome. Come on, move. Okay. Cimarron. 1931. That's, uh, okay, one by one this thing moves. Look look at this. Tom Jones, the movie Tom Jones, which was 1963. We jumped 30 years. This is among their worst. They don't even tell you why. That's, this sucks because they're just giving you the list without even defending what they, what, why. Look, they just put on music. That stinks. 91, Crash, 2005 movie called Crash. Who remembers that? That's going back to number 91. It was Best Picture in, in, in 2005. And they don't tell you what. This is, this is the perfect example of what I mean about these lists. Right here is the best example. Although the one about instrumental songs, calling something instrumental songs. And then it's like, yeah. Get Mo, let's, let's, hey, let's get Mo Rocca on the phone. Mo Rocca. Hey, maybe not rock. I'm going to shake Mo Rocca and roll. Shake Mo Rocca and roll. I said shake, but crash is number 91. Let's see how far we can get through this. Oh, without the music? Oh, we could get the music kind of in the background, and I'll do this. Then we go to uh, number 90, Around the World in 80 Days, 1956. That uh, uh, included, uh, whoa, man, this is going to move fast. Well, they want to do 94, right? I can't, I, no wonder they don't have it. Uh, and uh, number 89, we go to 1996, The English Patient, a movie most people said, what a strain to get through it. Number 88, we go to 1929's The Broadway Melody. This is a classic, and yet it's on the bottom of that list. We now move to number 87, The Greatest Show on Earth, 1952, Cecil B. DeMille's thing about the circus. And let me tell you something, the clown did it, okay? That's clown. It's always a clown. <laughs> it's a clown. It's always a clown. That's from another movie. That's from the movie. With, okay, I can't move on. Then we go to 1944, Going My Way with Bing Crosby. And, oh, wow, Going My Way. No, they hated that one. Uh, out of Africa, 1985, stink, according to this, stink. That was uh, out of Africa. Uh, it was a great joke, uh, I think. Uh, at least people laughed at it. I said, uh, uh, after that, after watching Out of Africa, I watched, I needed more Africa. Said, you, know what, you know what that was? That was a uh, Rocky, his name's not Rocky. Rest in peace, Norm, Norm Rockefeller. Norm Crosby. No, I would say Norm Crosby. You know what I'm talking about. That's one of his, that's a joke he would do. Uh, I, had to, I had to get more Africa. Why? Because I just watched Out of Africa. <laughs> Number 84, 1995's Braveheart. Here's Mel Torme. Not Mel Torme, Mel Gibson. Wow, did he get it at the end when they put him into the stretch. And nobody liked, they didn't like Gandhi. Gandhi. 1982 Gandhi. They said, forget about it. Gandhi. There's another joke. There's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of jokes that came up from these movies. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to knock through the jokes. I'm sure that if they rated my jokes, they'd have the worst 100 jokes about anything by Frank Cotolo. Yeah, well, you know, get me a couple of other people who may. So how many people are there who could have written jokes for a living. What'd you do all those years? I wrote jokes for a living. Are you kidding me? I'm not even funny. Gandhi, gone. Terrible. And then look at this. 
Do you like Forrest Gump? Because it's in the dumps. Forrest Gump in the dump. Number 82. Horrible. From awful. This is, we're still in the awful Million Dollar Baby, where she's a boxer. She won two Academy Awards. Number 80, Gigi. This was on this evening on uh, TNT. 1950, Gigi, and my darling little okay? Didn't like it. Now this, now this is this. I, I just want to strangle the people who made this list. And I'm stopping at number 79 because I want to do, there were some things I had on my list I wanted to do and I'm going to do seriously on another show. It's called the, the movie in 2008, 2018, 2018, that's right, what was I called Green Book. If you have not seen Green Book, please, please watch the movie Green Book. It's a true story, but it's constructed in, in a form that is just so wonderful. And the, and, and the actors are just so wonderful. And I'm telling you, if you don't shed a tear at the end of this, uh, a wonderful feeling tear. <laughs> crying, good crying by Frank Cattolo. Good crying. Get that book. It's going to be out soon. And they had a number 79. I am going to look into this daffy stardust. I can't, I could move ahead, okay? But I am shocked at what's in the dumps here. I'm shocked already. This is horrible. Green book number 79. Hey, get a freaking life. How about number 78? Green Book, a beautiful movie in so many ways. Nomadland, 2020. Yeah, best movie, and I don't think a lot of people saw it. And then this one here, Argo, 2012, the one about getting the people out of, uh, getting the hostages. Out. Look at how fast this is moving. Driving Miss Daisy, 1989. These are all movies that people just, just oh my God, Ben Hur is number fifty. Oh my God, Ben Hur, the Charles Heston Ben Hur is 1959. Hey, get, I want to find, get this person on the phone, get this daffy stardust on the phone, and let's beat the living daylights out of them. <laughs> Wait a second, you know, I'm not going to leave this show. I'm not going to leave you in, oh my God, what are you kidding? 74 is Marty? Hey, I, I, I am going to move ahead on this list because we're going to get out of here shortly. I'm going to move ahead because I am now ready to vomit uh, that there are movies here that are beautiful. Movies, beautiful stories, beautiful characters, be this, this stuff here that it's at the bottom. Daffy Stardust, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and I'm going to have to move ahead because I can't imagine now based on 94 to 74, these 20, I cannot fathom what is their top 10. So let me move ahead without looking at those, okay, and move ahead to see here to where I am. What is this? Number 16? Okay, let's move to 16, 15, 14, let's see where am I now? 13, okay. Should I move to, if I go to 13? An American in Paris is a, uh, is number 13. Let's go 13 down, okay? We got time. 13 down, 1951's An American in Paris, uh, which is a song, of, not a song, it's not a song. It's a, uh, uh, I got, there's a word, classical word for it. Uh, it's a musical piece. Uh, it was done by uh, George Gershwin, and uh, Gene Kelly made it into a movie. It's not a very, 
I mean, it's a you know, it's a theater theater musical type movie. So it's not, I mean, not the quality quality. Yeah, I'm telling you quality of something like Green Book. Okay, uh, but it's another musical, uh, good musical. Gene Kelly is just great to watch. This is number thirteen. Okay, I'll buy that. Now we go to number twelve. Number 12, Spotlight. This is the one. This is 12. This, Spotlight. Spotlight is 12 and Marty was 74. Oh, my, my, <laughs> Spotlight was a good movie about, it's the one about the, uh, the newspaper that broke the uh, priest pedophile case. Number 11, According to Daffy Stardust, who doesn't even back up his opinion. Okay, number 11 is Annie Hall. Now, you're going to tell him, I'm going to tell you Annie Hall is Annie Hall, okay? And it's, I'm not, I am, there's no way Annie Hall. You see, you see what's going on here? Again, opinion. My opinion. But I wouldn't say here's the best. Or here's my best, 10. See, and you're, you have your best 10. You might, dis, might disagree with me. You might not have seen all these movies to even use any of them. You're be, right? Okay, so they have 11, 1977's Annie Hall. So now, wait a second. Oh, yeah. It says Daffy Stardust ranks Oscar's best picture winners based on his own preference. Okay, his own preference. It says right there, with the dash of historical importance, and, and received opinion thrown in. Yeah, I think so. Okay, at least it says it's its own opinion. But it's but no one's accountable. Who's Daffy Stardust? You know? Kiss my stardust. Okay, let's go quickly through. Number 10 for Daffy. Daffy says number 10 is Casablanca. Sorry, I disagree on this one too. I don't know. They are Casablanca. Should not be. Uh, number, oh, here's number nine. Midnight Cowboy, 1969. I'm walking here. It's these little pieces of things I know for that. Oh, wait a second. All About Eve, 1950. Oh, you know, that could be in anyone's top. Oh, gosh. Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love is number seven, and it's a hell, man, I'm starting to fall. Things are starting to fall. I'm, I'm going to get crazy again. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, number six, uh, from the book, but, you know, not to, okay. Uh, Sol- Solomon, what is this? Hor- Schindler's List, all right, Schindler's List. We'll buy that to be in the top. Number four is Amadeus. Okay, you got your opinion? It's not a bad movie? Okay, it's fine. It gives us number three is The Godfather. Just The Godfather. Now, let's. I hope they don't have the other Godfather part two. And Marlon Brando's number two on the waterfront. All right. All right. Now, here's their number one. Daffy Stardust's number one is what? The Apartment. Wow. I'm not that shocked anymore. I'm not that shocked anymore because... Uh, Daffy Duck Jerk here, whatever, Daffy Duck Ass. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's okay. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, well, remember, there was a, uh, uh, there were, uh, uh, there was a corral there. They had to be the best picture. They had, in other words, not in other words, in these very words, okay? Uh, the element was, it was given an Oscar for best picture. 
The Apartment is a wonderful movie. You can't and it could be number one on any number of people's uh, things. But I think uh, some of those they put in there, even though I would disagree with, and you would disagree with too. Certainly, Marty, if they did a top twenty, would be would be in my top twenty. But like you know, and the and Green Book. Come on, I want. Uh, listen, this is a commercial right now. Some kind of commercial. I make nothing from this. Please, if you haven't seen Green Book, please see Green Book. This is a movie. I think should be shown to kids at a relatively young age, even though it has some, you know, adult parts in it. But just, it's the idea of it, the whole idea of it, the whole, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I was shocked. I had no idea what it was all about. I didn't know why it was called Green Book. I didn't know I like Vito Morgestorgeson, you know. Um, but, you know, in any event, in all events, it's certainly this with him. My name is Frank Cotolo. Man's name adjoins the title of the show. And I got one thing to say to you uh, for now, and that is uh, next week. Who? Next week. I'll put up a little bit of amb- oh, wait, a little ambient. Uh, a little, uh, just, ah, you see, it didn't work again. Come on. It's a, it's a mouse. There you go. <laughs> and let me move that here closer to the end of it. And there it is. Here we go. Okay, this is my name is Frank Catolo. The man's name is joins the title show. This is from Clancy's Nuts. Don't forget, you can get it. Catolo, box 55, Granville, Pennsylvania, 17028. What the heck? This is electronic music, and uh, it's wonderful. In the meantime, in between time, uh, we're going to uh, hit it. Uh, yeah. My name is Frank. Here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? Hey, you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. My name is Frank. It's me, Frank Cotolo. Man's name joins the title of the show. Cotolo Chronicles. This has been. Right? Two, three, one, two, three, four. I don't know about podcasts, I just have this show. It's Catolo Chronicles, right here. You can uh, listen to us live from SRN Media Works on Thursday nights. Or you can go to the archives at juicedtalk.com. Or you can listen to us every day doing something at truetalkradio.com and any other installations or places that are playing these kind of things. And um, don't look on Apple, whatever it is. Don't go to get where you get your your pod, favorite podcasts. Forget about that. Listen, my name is Frank Man's name is joins the title of the show. I've been, I've been asking about Catherine. Uh, apparently, she's back, and uh, I'm gonna get. So I'm not gonna scream and yell for her any longer. I will take care of that myself. But Mrs. Ertzwile, good night, wherever you may be located on this evening. And, uh, 
Don't forget, Velvet Steel next week, Ian Abramson. The week after that, Tom Savino's coming up in November. But in the meantime, Ambient Mouth here has nothing more to say. (laughs) 